Hey guys, it's Ben Yuko here with Zone the Media Enterprises. Welcome to the Black Tech Building Program. So let's do this. Hello everybody here. My name is Ben Yuko. I am the president of the Show Wannabe Organization. Please watch the Black Tech Building Program every Tuesday and or Friday to see find out the latest tech news in black and technology and all the movies and stages in our community. Thank you. Alright guys, it's just about a minute, about a second here, just need to change one thing for a second. Okay, okay, we can't just, I can't add it on the show, so we're going to have to do it this way. Alright guys, here we go. Hello everybody here, my name is Ben Yuka with Zoe Wanting Media Enterprises. Welcome to the Black Tech Building Program on this Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Getting ready to start this show off right now. We're going to be talking about this topic here. It's going to be a very, very important topic. We're going to start off having a video about the... A topic... It's time to talk a good all this topic to keep everybody excited is games as a service service we're gonna talk about what it is and what if we do that for understand the difference for games as a service because it's very important to understand it. Why people we're in tech? We're supposed to, we're one of the biggest consumers of gaming, but we have never understood this. That's it. All why we want Other than, but as a community, we haven't understood this games as a service. So, so I'm not saying you. I'm not saying that, but you don't know. It's okay. That's what I'm teaching you today. So let's get this thing underway. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk last. So we got a video coming. Okay. So you enjoy this, and then we'll talk about it. Okay? The point of all of this is that we should expect better. There's no excuse in 2017 for developers to fill our head with promises and under-deliver at the sole rationalization that the game will be quote-unquote finished later. For the most part, service games were created for three reasons. To make sure we hold on to our games and purchase future content, to make sure we don't sell them in the used gaming market, and more importantly, to make sure we don't refund them on platforms like Steam. Refunds destroy profits for game makers, and they have to control it. On June 2nd of 2015, Steam opened the floodgates for the refunding of any new game bought on its platform. While some developers thought this might be a good thing, as it would give consumers confidence to purchase games, knowing that they had a safety net, it didn't pan out. After two short years, the average daily refunds are still growing tremendously on Steam. It's a sad fact that many people cheat the refund system and use it as their own personal two-hour free playground. Ultimately though, refund systems are a deviation of power from producers to consumers, from developers to gamers. This exact same shift when Meg Whitman stepped down as CEO from eBay in 2008, her replacement rolling out a brand new eBay that would change it from a seller's market to a buyer's market. Games for service have done the same thing, as gamers will be less likely to refund games that they know will be supported, fixed, and added to as time goes on. It allows developers to cash in on that faith by releasing unfinished games to the masses, because sometimes gamers get fixated and play that hope card and decide not to refund them. But the bigger issue, people defending unfinished games, giving the developers the confidence and reaffirmation to keep putting them out. 
I would hope that instead you would join me in promoting that games be feature complete and in good working order upon launch, no questions asked. I have no problem supporting a game built as a service and continuing to give them my money as the game grows. I am not okay with them selfishly taking that time to complete their games that should have already been completed. So in the end, Games as a Service is a fine system and a great way to extend a game's life, but only if it's done right. Thanks for watching, guys. If you'd like to support the work I do on this channel, feel free to subscribe. That's, that's exactly what we should be demanding. Look what happened to Cyberpunk. You gotta remember, look what happened to, what happened to Cyberpunk when they had so many bugs in their system and they weren't be able to and I talked about this a lot on the current event show when their bugs weren't done they weren't things being fixed right away and things weren't getting completed right away so there was a lot of issues among that and this stuff wasn't getting really a lot done so so you have to understand the importance of those games So, uh, uh, here we go. Here we go. So that's why it's important to have games actually well completed and well advantaged to itself. So this is gonna have to be one of the lawyer talks. We're gonna have, we're gonna get into a lot of the gaming. Okay. Okay. So that's going to be very, very well important in keeping the games in proper perspective and knowing that we will, people are getting what they actually pay for. So now we're going to talk about the gaming model and what it is and what I think as important to why AA Studios shit the games so this is what uh, what is a game to serve pros and guns the games on demand and how to successfully manage live service games okay so my phone is ringing I can't answer this right now none of this phone is going to be answered <sighs> So I'm doing, I'm doing some, uh, every time I get a call here, they might be on a show. <laughs> so I have to do that as it go, as I go. Games of the Series is a big lead trend in the gaming in games industry that also tripled the industry value. Subscription-based gaming is on the run and cloud computing Cloud gaming growth is expected to reach $7.24 billion by 2027. But what makes the games as a service so popular? And what is the pitfalls for the game developers who decide to keep GAA titles? Let's dig into details. What is games as a service? So it's important to understand this. So Okay. Gotta make sure this thing is recording. Games as a server is the business model that allows game developers to monetize business after release in the long run. It achieves by the games being updated free with new experiences and offered to the player on the subscription base or in the form of in-game purchases. Sometimes GAS gaming is used in places with cloud gaming, gaming on the line, live services, or game streaming. Since the majority of the video game play nowadays are stored and run remote servers and streamed to the gamers' devices. 
So it is very, 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 very important to understand this and what we can do as black game developers. How, how, the question is, how, question is, well, Ben, how could gamers, black gamers use this? Well, black gamers can use this in a lot of ways. They can actually do this in a lot of ways of monetizing games. Is understanding programming, understand the ability that black game developers can have a good understanding, can build our own video game and publish them and actually know how to create them in the long term run. So you have to understand that these things are so strong and strong and very, very important to understand concepts behind it and having the good important things uh, and bringing excellence to these games so you have to so you have a lot of things to, to enjoy Alright, so you, so you have to understand the concepts and be and good things about this, and understand what could we do with this and utilize these services because these services are going to become good things that we share absolutely well accomplished, and that is something that we should be getting in the long term of doing. Okay, so like back in February, I discussed about how we, um, the importance of game developers. Now I'm talking about a concept that is actually even more important ever, is understanding games as a service and understand that we have opportunities to To dominate this market and this and make sure that this market is more compatible and more damaging and more great and show real black excellence and show that it's not just only in gaming we can do things and understand data as a service too which is a whole nother show and a whole nother show that we we have to understand ourselves. Okay? So you have to be respectable about how this stuff is going to be actually very, very well important. Okay? Now... So now we're going to understand now what is the main difference between traditional games and games as a service. Okay, traditional games are typically a single ship release based on the pay-to-play business model. As the games as a service definition suggests, the video game are served to the player rather than sold once. A game as a service publishes once and other afterwards regularly, often weekly. These others can be include new events, missions, areas. Low amount as their game monetized money is based on microtransactions. As a result, instead of passing all the levels at once and abandoning the game, players have a reason to get back to the same tile regularly. Yeah, and it also has its it also has its pros has its pros and cons on that one. So when you talk about that, you might like a game and and you don't want to try out other then That's the con there and the mother pros is it's keeping you engaging with your fans and know what the game areas that have worked and what has not worked so you have to understand those then the things and understand those type of differences
so the important thing I like to do, like to see us do, that as black consuming, because we have a lot of black, we have plenty of black gamers, games as consumers, we need to do, no, and that's, uh, we all, and this is actually good knowledge of me too, is understand games as a service, again, and understand what it is and what we can actually do with this type of information. Okay. So let's continue on this whole thing right here. Which game companies employ the GAS model? Probably the earliest games as a service is MMO World Warcraft released with Blizzard, Blizzard Entertainment in 2004. With monthly subscription of 14.99 in 2015, the game had 5.5 million active subscribers and generated 82 million a year. That revenue stream allows the company to enhance the game with constant content updates. Among the best games, as I said, a Destiny Hunt showdown, Overwatch, Madden, and Candy Crush. Fortnite by Epic Games can be considered a game as a service too, even though it's a free game to play. The studio generates revenue from the medical transaction, cosmetic, add-on animation, costumes, shows the unique feature, battle pack, and so on. In less than a year after its release, Fortnite has 125 million games and made 1.2 in revenue. And to, okay, so that's, so when we talk, let me, let me finish reading this, excuse me. In 2018, UBI Soft announced that the company had, will move towards GAS as its model is less dependent on the new release instead of support and building and developing the community around these. <coughs> okay, so I think we need to understand that. But it's important to understand the amount of revenue that it makes. Okay? And the importance of understanding these kind of concepts. And understand that we can actually build on, on these skills. And understand that this stuff is going to be the important stuff that we can have in a long time. Alright. The benefit of hitting for business services for players with the game playing GAS tiles mean they can split the pay not pay up front and they'll try more games with the same budget. The reason mainly associated with the game discontinued unavailable updates and support. Even they like the game hello, this is a rare case. So I feel like when you talk about things like the GSM model, I think you need to get a survey every six days. Do you want the game to continue to be supported or not? Because you don't want to invest in a game that nobody wants to play. So if you have, have people that are not very interested in the game, You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to continue it. And what are the pros and cons of the games or the services business model? So we have to understand that too. From the game. Development industry perspective maintaining and supporting games as a service has several advantages and disadvantages. As user acquisition costs has skyrocketed, user retention is, is the key to gain success. The key players and users around development and managing their games as a service and constant evolve that product. So, I think when you talk about this, I think we need to understand that this is actually we need to understand this model a lot. You have never heard of 
things like this. So I started thinking about if you have a black and he develops and develops the game and you liked it. So I think it if we talk about games as a certain business model, we should have of it as packages. Not and and you pay into the you pay into the content creator and say okay I like this content and give them feedback. So that's why I think not focus on one game, focus on a series of game, or like maybe one one like two every and have money to create more games, not focus on one game all the time. Focus on different games. What needs to be done? What we can make the game better? (coughs) Okay. So we have to understand that there is going to be some pros in the event and disadvantages of these games. So we need to be very, very around all this stuff, okay? Okay. Let's talk about the benefits if black people did use games as a service. We have to, as black game developers, should be understanding. Earlier release. Is one of the benefits. No need to develop the game for years before it finally launched. Instead, the game developer can get feedback early and tweak their product according to the eye comments and, and witches. So when you talk about early release, you don't want to, I think you should release it as a beta version. You know how companies have like, this. don't say, oh, this is perfect. Oh, this is not, and you get hard, you're like, oh, this is not, I paid for it. It should be done to like exclusive thing like you know how people go on patreon and they say oh you you get this video first before anybody that's where your loyal audience should have more of a response about how these this should actually go and look at these different things and these concepts are like very very important so you can't I'm going to say that you don't want the game. We do want the games. We just need to have a proper way of doing it. So when I look at early release, it should be early release on loyal followers only. That's how I look at things like this. This is one I really like for black game developers. Continuous revenue training. Game development studios and indie developers are less dependent on the one-time purchase. Instead, they might plan for the long-term monetization strategy. So, like, for example, the, the developers might say, you know what, I'll use this, I'll put some money, and then we can able to budget the next money for the next project. So, if it's going to be an update or it's going to be a new game and build create, creative imagination. So, I will say that if I have a game... And I have a new idea for a new game. I should have money on the side and see and total up my cost. So, like I said, you know what? When I'm done with this game, I won't budget that game anymore. I won't put any more money into this. I can get all the money that I got from the last game can go into the next game. That's how most movies are done. Most movies are done like. You get money from the movie, from the previous movie, that people get, that you made, and there's money left over for for the next movie. And that's what most of things should actually be. So if people are still paying in, let's say if you have a subscription fee, they pay your monthly subscription, okay, you budget all that out. That you have enough money, you have all the funds for the, the last game that they pay for, and you have funds for the the new game. That's what we should be actually looking forward ahead. 
Okay. So we have to think about this ahead in a consistent turn. Okay. Now, let's continue. The extended lifespan of the game. But more games appear on the market every day. Users tend to drop games easy. According to some estimates, more users drop mobile apps within 3 days. Without regular updates, the game might get bored easy and download something new. On the contrary, the longer the users play the game, the higher chance they convert into loyal customers. GSS bids on how game developers build long-term relationships with the audience and prolong the game's lifetime. So it's very important that marketing and communicating with and communication is very, very important if you are a game developer. So you have to understand, so if you're doing software development, doing data, or are you doing, like, like for example, that's what it is. And gaming is, gaming is the same. Game developers have to think this way. So you have to be ready to take on this model and uh, and spend your horizons about working on this. So you gotta be ready and be consistent about all this stuff. Okay. Now here's the disadvantages of GSS model for game studios and files. Consistent updates are needed sometimes every week. This is important to keep the track of updates and make sure the content is not changed by authorized users. Not mentioned the game updates should be pushed out to the game in multiple languages at the same time. So you gotta understand that you gotta have so so gaming security is gonna be a key. And I will have a continued conversation talking about updates about Talk about things like this is all going to tie into data security, so that's what's going to have to happen there. So that's one of the big challenges I think we're going to have to have. Harder to mango content developer locate. And market involved a lot of stakeholders who need to work simultaneously on the game in and out game content. Angle localization workflow and procedural extension. If the game was developed and not angle localization product, copyright or legal approval, the pivot transaction or localization should be important. That's another conversation we're going to have to do that. Okay. Shorter production of Q&A type bugs, errors, and edits are common, but it's important to keep the data in one place as a single source of truth. It's important in community building. It's another conversation. So there's a, there's a group of multiple conversations we're going to have to have. Uh, we're going to have to talk about the AE workflow, localization workflows, the pivot transaction, and, and the multiple that localization workflow so, so so it's gonna be a lot of actions that we're going to look at when we talk about this stuff in the months ahead so we is not like oh these content just ends in one spot no it's content you already got one article that is a magnitude of many discussion and many articles just right there ready for me to talk about that Okay, we got some more reading. The game, the, the server content in the cycle. The development of the of games is the consistent the following that the instant release of the game analyzes the user behavior and monetization, changes the game mechanics and the reaction to the user's feedback, tweak of the game, in-game offers, 
creation of the new kind of logo, the QA of the update, and publishing the game updates. Lots of things there. This cycle release the spinning wheels of update was moved faster faster, especially for the developers on a weekly release schedule. Managing these big updates on a tight deadline can be problematic. It should be done in a collaborative, especially like Gridly or another cable accommodating various type of tech structure and gameplay data. So it's very important the organization is gonna be key. It is our year game been a trend or a phase. Since games have been over a day, one might say they're going to stay for a long time. The streaming game trend is intended to continue with the development of 5G or even advanced games that can be played on devices with low computing power. Furthermore, leading game publishers started cooperating with telecommunication companies to deliver cloud gaming services. For example, Microsoft powered the largest of mm-hmm. South Korea at CSKT to expand its Xbox Cloud Gaming Services to Asian players. This we might we may expect the more and more developed was the GAS as a preferred business model. So what we talked about here today is actually very very important. So is a lot of things that just one concept. So we talked about a first step of things, but we got more to talk about and more assets to things. So when you talk about things like this type of gaming model, you actually are learning about things like AE, localization, workflow, pivot, translation, and multi-step workflows. These are going to be, these are going to be, these are all going to be, these are gonna be all these are all going these are all gonna be concepts that so it's not gonna I'm just gonna and it's gonna be take more research and development so when we talk about things like that so we're gonna talk about that concept we're going to talk about the pulpit translation. So, so the translation is going to be key. So we got all what languages. So we got a lot of things. A lot of things in these concepts we're going to have to touch. Multi-step. Organization workflow. We're going to have to talk about marketing and communication. So you got four things right there. So it's the three of them and then marketing and communication is going to be actually be the key of what we're going to have to do. So this is a lot of things that, and you, and you and I have heard not one conversation in the black tech spaces anywhere. No one's talked about it because most times some people in black tech, and I like to say this again, they always want to talk about and all that, but they ain't touching the basics and having a real understanding of what these things actually are and what's important to our community. Okay, so so we got into that subject. Okay, so we're gonna, the next thing I want to talk about So you have to understand those are So the big thing is we have to we have to understand these things because a lot of us 
things up. We can just talk about. We can just talk about. We can talk about just buying the game. We never talk about how games are actually built. Games are actually built. Then how biz these models work. And I'm gonna learn with you. The things that are the wealth they show. It's never about oh I know all the answers. No, I'm learning too. That's how this works. Hmm. A lot of people are not fully understanding that full concept of, about how we actually build games, how things actually work, things are actually successfully going through all this and having knowledge about And things are very, very talentable and more hardworking. And that should be the way it actually be. So in the weeks ahead, I hope we start talking about this a little more. I think I got some... No, this yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. I think I got some some black tech news coming up. Uh, no. Let us see. Let us see this. Let's see. Saw the. Uh, I got this is all the uh, 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 all right, so this is. This is where I'm going to read this article here from fastcompany.com here. It's, a bit, but it's, been, it's going to tie into my conversation. I'm going to play into a lot of all these clips. This clip right here. So we're going to get into this conversation. Here it is. And they, all, and they all want to talk about this adversity. He's absolutely not a goddamn. So let's watch, let's watch this clip right here. No, I'm not going to watch this clip. I mean, let's read this reason. It's called Black in Tech. Can it, so it's called Black in Tech. Can Silicon Valley change? They could, but we don't demand it. Okay, and they could have all this money. So, and they could, but if we had real community leaders, which we hell out know we don't have community leaders. We have a bunch of uh, about we have a, a, a at least a lot of a lot of bullshit ass leaders that we can't call them leaders. They haven't deserved to be called leaders. They have they have never. 
okay? So they can never be called leaders because they haven't earned that right to be called leaders on anything once or ever. I'm going to read the article to you, okay? Because there's some, you heard some things that came out today. A lot of people didn't know, but it all is going to tie into this kind. And this is perfect why I did the show today. Because this is going to be a little bit of a longer show. Okay, so let's do this. Black and Tech can soon come valid change. This is two years ago's article. A year ago, our lives have been upended by the pandemic. Black Americans were simultaneously proceeding the emotional way of tragedy of the boys Jordan Briante, Amal Aubrey, and others whose lives caught in short due to police with the world watches protest after protest across the over the summer of two thousand twenty. On our previous collective edit, this felt different. Big tech and corporate predominantly what like but we don't sh- broke their broke their side companies started pledging to do things they and claimed they would dodge to support black work, black work and black company via investment donor in high at the plug, a subscription news rate ends up covering the bright innovation economy. We quickly began dialing the commitment made by Texia, cross representing with data point what black representation looked like across the You can see the regular spreadsheet here. A year later, we probably could they work in part with Fast Company to get we sent out and try out the understand throughout the bat first first count counts. If anything really changed, how does a lot of black tech world uses it? By the bold commitment that these companies made. Now, I played a clip weeks ago on the few uh, back in episode 103 when I talked about how Black Lives Matter has been withholding a lot of the money. Mm. But they, they were supposed to go to these companies. But all they did, they came in and silenced a lot of all the black tech business head on um, black people content creators that were speaking against this crap that they've been doing so you have no respect for that it's not about building these companies it's not about black tech and building companies it's all about the fact that y'all don't want to build anything for ourselves. So that's why all this has got to be a very, very important concept. And understand we have a lot of work to do as a people. Okay? So that's why you will never hear this conversation talked about. As a part of this understanding, back to the article. As this part understand, we reach out the forty of the largest and most at, that fast cover and serve it on how much money they can make. And in turn, including, you can see a deep budget. We also spoke with our scholars, active technologists, and venture capital, who voices you will read here. But by, by larger, these conversations reveal that while they believe in some progress in it. They remain uncertain that the tech industry is truly committed to change behind leveraging platform for a good PR. Many believe that as we return to work and gear for a fall pandemic future, the movement and commitment of letters will fall the ways of, and out of the public agendas. But in our report, there are also given us a hope in the way that these commit and let the more fun move in the hands of blood, found an additional transparent income, diversity reporting, and commitment to hire more black workers. When it's certain the platform tech will are using and bold and beyond the movement, they are committed to speak up about their experience and don't find the key what for accurately in the work required to make it happen. Okay, and I want to, before I go back here, I'm going to have this. Uh, now, the guy who, uh, you know, the founder, Upsy, Claire Burfa, he had a, he had a conversation, he went up to some of the black tech, do you know that that guy, you know he got called. Do you know that he has a white wife? You know he got called. He got called the N word. One of the. He think he went to one of the cases here in Minnesota, which this is where Minnesota. This is where y'all don't want to talk about all that racism. Go on. This is one of the highest, highest, hostile states for blacks 
Minnesota for blacks. You and I've lived here all my life. This is, you know, we because we are the we are number one, the most unemployed. Most blacks don't. Some blacks don't. I think most blacks know this now. We're the most unemployed, least less homeowners. That's two. We in Minnesota, we have the highest. We have the highest. Um, deficiency rates in reading and math here in the state of Minnesota, which that's that's I think that's like the, they say that's always of our children. But you see, and that's what y'all do. Y'all pass these kids without any real education, math and sciences. That's that's not even that's not consistent. That's absolutely a lot of a lot of failure. In any part, there's no way, and when we do have the skills and building and tech, but this isn't the time for us to do that. This is time for us to say, you know what, we can do for self. We can build our own tech spaces, but we need the spaces like the Rain Freeze and the Go Kids. Those are black tech spaces here in Minnesota, but we gaming spaces here in this state of Minnesota. Where our children can go for a safe place to go. Like I told you again, the lowest home ownership for inconsistent reading, the most un the highest unemployment. We have the biggest homeless rate. Y'all don't know a lot of people not only just that ties of course unemployment, we also have the biggest homeless rate in the metro because in Minnesota we had during the government shutdowns, we had one in shutdowns. We had the highest unemployment in the neighboring Midwest, which that's unacceptable. That's so unacceptable. And this is your I said that your black our black leaders are pathetic. They are pathetic in this in this community. We don't have black leaders. In, and what we're going to listen here coming up here. Okay. Explains everything that was going down. Because you're going to, you're going to hear. What we just found out. We just found, we just found out this. Just to the, to the, I actually knew about black lives, man, stealing money, all car, cars. No, 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 no. This actually, there's actually more to the story. Now we actually have more full detail. What was going on? A Black Lives Matter stealing money, stealing ridiculous amounts of money. Okay. And I'll go on here too because the lady Minister Tanya has some receipts that actually confirms everything. So you wonder why we ain't getting in the rooms and stuff. But. But also, before I do that, we have to also remember. Um, now you see why I I have this platform for Black. It's similar like Tech Minnesota, Tech MN. What I do is I built the way I built this up here in Minnesota. I built up an event, so you have all the Black Tech of Minnesota events. So if there's a group going on, and you having something like say if Rainpre has something, I'm gonna put it out there. This is where. Our space. This is our spaces. The keys to the conversations going because that is what. So, so we have a lot of spaces. So, like going on right now, that Jacqueline has this digital literacy class. For we, uh, and for the school, uh, I got exactly. For the preachers professional is doing this digital literacy. That's something I gotta bring up. And these are the kind of conversations that we're gonna have that we're gonna have because now we're gonna do this. We're gonna talk a little bit more about some stuff. We get to the announcement. We're gonna get, I'm gonna get out of here.
It's Black Lives Matter. They're so disingenuous. They're so corrupt and disingenuous. They knew they we knew they were stealing money. I knew they were stealing. I knew Black Lives Matter was stealing all that damn money. They're not investing none of that in black tech. Not one of them. And none one of those activists. So when you see Joe, I told you back this in November, uh, back in October when I recorded that private thing. And I have to go, I'm going to get that and I'll put that, that in the link of the show today. You better listen to that 40 minute thing where I talked about every one of these guys. I told you. I told you. I told you in that thing that they do nothing for black people. Because you're not, it's not just the Camel Jays and them. It's all the promote. It's all the Negro promotion dealers that are doing. They do nothing for black people. Not one of them do. Cause I told you that the, the King Penitents, the Georgia Forts, they don't come out there. They shouldn't come out. They shouldn't come out to any of the black tech events. Cause every one of those that was black tech te- talent, they know I will show up all of them. Mike Jackson knows I show up at every one of those events. Melania Love knows the blacks in technology. I'm going to be there. I'm not, I'm not, I've been on the building, but I know about one of their events that I'm not able to make. But at least I'm honest to you, because I'm only limited what I can be able to do. But I always say that the black tech talent is always loyalty. That is always my my gig. That's always that I, that I got to be there. And that's why I'm going to get the ticket next week on Wednesday, on between Wednesday and Friday. Friday, I'm going to have my tickets. Everything locked in. Locked in. I'm able to get in. And I've talked to many black tech professionals. I want you to DM me on Instagram. 103Zone. I want you to DM me there. I would love to have a conversation with you in black tech. And that's why I always come up and interview. Okay. Almost all the black tech events, except for maybe one or a few of them, I'm always there. Zone 1 the media is always there. It's a black-owned media. Black-owned in Minnesota. Give me one second. Oh, I'm 